Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is a fascinating discussion that we're going to be having around entrepreneurship, the support of entrepreneurship, the importance of entrepreneurship by an organization that is the SAB Foundation around you know some of the work that they are doing to support small businesses and entrepreneurs in South Africa. The journey of an entrepreneur, it starts here. That is a campaign that is being run by the SAB be foundation and for today we are glad privileged and uh, looking forward to engaging with Bridget Evans, who is the Executive Director at the SAP Foundation, just to understand what's going on, the impact that they are looking uh, to do in and around entrepreneurship and some of the programs that they have going on and how people can get involved at various levels because it's not only the entrepreneurs, you need the support of the entrepreneurs, you need to mentor the entrepreneurs and you need partners to make sure that the journey is as smooth as possible. So for today, Bridget, uh, greetings to you. Hi, Mudiwa. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Now, thank you so much for being with us and especially for taking your time to share with us this very important information. Perhaps where we can begin this particular discussion is around the SAB Foundation itself in terms of the journey, the history, some of the work that you're doing. I think for those that have just been listening, SAB, 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 we are talking South African breweries. That is one of those brands that is known throughout the country. You don't really have to say much about that to introduce people to the brand, but rather the work of the foundation. What is it that you guys are doing? And could you give us a little bit about the journey as well? Sure. So SAB Foundation was set up by South African breweries in 2010. It's a a black economic empowerment ownership scheme, which means that the foundation was loaned money to buy a whole lot of shares in SAB that deal was concluded in 2020. So the foundation owns a whole lot of shares and it uses those shares to fund the activity of the foundation. And I think what is really unique about that, and there are other BEE foundations out there, is that we have a very focused mandate, which is entrepreneurship. And because we've got consistent revenue or income, it gives us the opportunity to have long-term strategies. And I think that that's very valuable. And I think that, you know, the other, we happen to be the only foundation that focuses on entrepreneurship, but there are many others that focus on other things. But SAB Foundation, it started its activity in 2011. And since then, we have been growing and learning and growing and learning around how do you best support entrepreneurship and social innovation in the country. So social innovation is really business solutions to social problems. So what we mean by like some of the things that we funded is, for example, rural delivery services, ambulance services for people who can't afford medical aid. We have a world first treatment, new treatment for glaucoma. So it's very varied. There's a lot in the education space as well, but these are not NGOs, they're businesses. And so that distinguishes them from a normal nonprofit is that they can become sustainable over time. So that's a big part of our activity. The other big part is really finding entrepreneurs outside the major metropolitan areas. So we know that a lot of enterprise development, company enterprise development focuses on 
where they get their supply chains from, and that tends to be in the big cities mostly. So we are very intentional because we're not attached to any supply chain to try and help businesses in rural, peri-urban areas and urban areas across the country. So we we find people in the the very furthest corners of the country. Sometimes I have to Google <laughs> Google the place where they're from, which is wonderful because we have this incredible selection of entrepreneurs that also when if you are supporting an entrepreneur in a small town, the job creation in that town is really significant. So the foundation has grown a lot, both in the size of its budgets and in the work that it does, we've, we've broadened what we do. So initially it was just two big programs, entrepreneurship, social innovation. And then we started to hear that there were a lot of gaps at the idea phase of businesses because nobody really wants to fund that. And so we then put in some support at an idea generation phase for businesses. And then post our major programs, we put in more supports for those businesses that need further help where, where there's a real opportunity for them to grow. So we, we've kind of incrementally grown the foundation and we also, we continuously update the programs to keep them from feedback from with entrepreneurs. We make sure that we really listen to their needs and their concerns and so that we can make sure that we are always relevant and that we're always meeting their needs. So yeah, that's where the fu- the foundation is at now. I think to date, we've only tracked entrepreneurs properly since 2015, but I think that these businesses have created 6,000 jobs so far, and their turnover increase is around 90% over the time that we work with them. So we've had really good results. Obviously, they're, they're, that's not 100% success, but I do think we're on the right track. It might not be 100% in terms of the success rate that you're talking about, Bridget, but uh, I think an important piece that comes about given the structure that you've just described to us, listening to you talking about the consistent revenues, listening to you talking about just having that strategy and support in place, making sure that sustainability is at the core. It really does sound like the term social enterprise, social entrepreneurship is, is quite aligned with the work that, that you're doing and the types of projects that you are that you are supporting. So could you talk to us uh, just around uh, how you guys approach the idea of social entrepreneurship? And then secondly, tied to that uh, is something that you'd really begun alluding to, is how do you measure some of the success? Because it's one thing to say that you want to support entrepreneurs out there, but quite something else to actually show that this is what we've been able to achieve by uh, putting money behind uh, some of these initiatives. Yeah, and um, thank you. I mean, I think um, with the social entrepreneurship side or the social, we call it social innovation because often we are investing in sometimes at the prototype stage. So it's not yet an, an enterprise, but the person who's doing it is absolutely a social entrepreneur. And so we, over time, I mean, we I think we chose to focus on it because obviously it's such a, an important issue is to explore opportunities where we can look at solving problems differently in the country because, you know, to keep doing the same thing over and over again, 
I don't even have to mention all the challenges South Africa has right now, but you need people that can innovate, solve things more efficiently and reach more people. So the way we've done that, I mean, we've, we've kind of initially when we started with social innovation, we weren't very well known at all, but what we do is we have like a call for applications, a normal call for applications, which is actually open right now for the social innovation awards. And then we, we literally reach out to the whole country and we now have networks in all the universities, which is great because we get a lot of great innovation at a postgraduate level and things like that. And we, so at the moment, I think we opened last Monday and we've got over 400 applications already and we close at the end of March. So we really try and reach as far and wide as we can. And um, we invest, we kind of have, it's it's a competitive process and we invest in around 24 businesses per annum. We have two categories. One is social innovation and the other one is disability empowerment. We're really trying to draw attention to the challenges around disability. So we have a separate category. And, and then once they... Once they receive funding, they also get intensive mentoring. So we don't do anything without adding uh, mentoring and skills coaching and help with access to markets because we, we're aware that just handing over money is it's never a good strategy because often what the entrepreneur thinks they need is actually when you sit down and interrogate, how can they get the most value out of this grant and how can it accelerate them into a different phase of their business activity. You know, it really is a discussion and an important thing to get right. And that's where the mentors work very closely with them to decide how best to use that budget to accelerate the growth of the business. Yeah, and I mean, social innovation is just fascinating. It's a fascinating category of entrepreneur. I mean, the things that we've seen over the years have just inspired. I mean, we love the entrepreneurs as well, but the social innovation is just, you know, we get so inspired because often they're young people that are trying to solve a problem. They're often sacrificing a great salary and a big corporate. You know, we have engineers, doctors, scientists that have all chosen, as I uh, call it, the road less traveled. I mean, we've had extraordinary things over the years. And so social innovation is really amazing. And we've drawn a lot of international attention through that work. And we try and assist our our businesses by connecting them to people all over the world who are interested in what they're doing. I'm thinking that, uh, you know, as you're talking about uh, the various projects that you guys are getting into, you said around 24 businesses in a year and also at the same time, walking through that journey, it's not enough, like what you said, to just take someone and just give them money and hope that they're going to do well. The mentorship aspect is very important. Walking that journey is very important because often the criticism for a lot of business development support programs is the fact that the entrepreneurs, yes, sure, you might sit in an incubator, but where's that person? after they're out of the incubator or after they've been given the money because they still want access to market. They want help with just uh, putting proper systems in place. So it's great to hear that you're walking that journey with uh, the businesses and the entrepreneurs that you have 
But uh, one of the questions that then comes up with something like that, you had already started talking about the fact that you have a number of very interesting and fascinating and also inspiring stories of people that have gone through the programs. Are there any examples that you could possibly share with us just so that we can get a sense of the different types of people that you guys are supporting? Yes, for sure. Sorry, can I just go back to the measurement piece quickly? I think in terms of measurements, and, and you're absolutely right, just putting money into something is not good enough. We, we, we've seen that, SAB Foundation has seen that over and over again, where there's no strategy underlying the money. And we see it so often in South Africa where people think that money is going to solve all the problems. But it's the strategy and the intelligence around how you use that funding that actually really makes the difference. So for us, you know, the measurement piece is so critical because we need to firstly see if what we're doing is actually adding value. Is it resulting in businesses growing or not? Because if they're not, well, then we're doing something really wrong. And the other thing is also making sure that we hear back from entrepreneurs. So we track them every year for five years. So we have a very good data system and it's part of their contractual agreement with us that they complete that information for us every year so that we really are able to be the best that we can be. I think the challenge for us is that we are one of the only people that publishes our impact results. So it's very difficult to benchmark ourselves against other people to see, okay, well, we're doing it like this. Other people are doing it and they're getting much better results because we, we simply don't have access to that data. So that's a big thing we are trying to lead in terms of trying to encourage other people to measure their impact. We we fund around 80, it's around 84 businesses a year. So 24 of those are social innovation and 60 are entrepreneurs from smaller towns. And I mean, the examples, the, the, the achievements of both are really quite exciting. I mean, we have like, for example, a rural bakery in KwaZulu-Natal that is now, I mean, they were a tiny bakery when we met them and they're now supplying spa nationally. And they really are like, honestly, if you look at a photo of that bakery, it's like this little bakery and there's just nothing anywhere around it. So it's it's really incredible. I'll give you an, another example from the entrepreneurship program. You know, we have, for example, people that started making sportswear, so gym wear really, but with a real South African flavor. And they started working, they were working out of their houses when we met them. They're now exporting internationally after just two years. And they said that they were, they were not going to survive if it wasn't for our support. Gyms, swimming schools, affordable sanitary towels, all of those have been incredible examples under the entrepreneurship piece. But then under social innovation, you know, our overall winner of the social innovation awards at the end of last year is something called a Kotonki. That's a very funny name. But Kotonki is a, it's a very low cost utility vehicle that farmers can use on farms instead of tractors. So instead of costing, I don't know what a tractor costs, but it's over half a million rand. They can use this vehicle for under a hundred thousand rand. And so the vehicle, they had a few prototypes, 
we put an advert. I mean, I think we we gave them some public relations, and as a result of that, they have received requests from all over Africa for this vehicle, and they've started selling to the point where they need to grow their capacity by 30, 30 new staff so that they can make a lot more of these vehicles. We have a lady who makes science kits. B- because so many schools don't have science labs, she actually has a kit with 52 experiments in it that individuals or schools can use that's totally aligned to the syllabus, and it only costs around 800 rand. I'll give one more example. In our disability category, we have a, a coffee shop it started as a literally a coffee station in a small little gym um, with one. They they only employ people that are that have that are hearing impaired, and they started off with one barista in a gym somewhere. And we've worked with them for now for about eight years on and off, and they've just opened a coffee shop in London, and they have. A number of coffee shops in South Africa, they were quite affected by COVID, sadly. But I think they employ 30 individuals that are hearing impaired. So there's so many stories I could go on for the rest of the hour, but I'll leave it there. Yeah, it certainly sounds like there are some really great stories that are coming out from the various programs, especially that Kotonki. I'm very interested in that one because, like you said, it's a funny name, but I'm literally thinking in my head in terms of roots of words. It literally sounds like, and especially given the description you, you gave, it sounds like someone you know decided we want a car that is a donkey, which in, <laughs> which in essence... <laughs> Which in yeah. essence is what a tractor is. It's a it's a vehicle that does the work that used to be done by your livestock back in the day, whether that's cattle or your donkey. So, you know, very clever play on words there. Yeah. Very, very clever. And also, you know, just hearing the different ones, especially the spa example. Like I said earlier on, when you talk to entrepreneurs, they often say that, okay, fine, funding is one thing, but, you know, access to market, actually having that ability where you can reliably say, okay, fine, we're going to be supplying spa and you can plan your revenues, you can plan your wage bills, your production, your stocks around something like that. It sounds like at least just having spoken to a number of entrepreneurs over the years, like that is that tends to be a really big pain point for them. So any assistance in terms of getting that access to market is always great. Now, Bridget, given uh, you know all the various uh, types of businesses that you've outlined and the different examples that you've given to us, one of the distinctions that you did make is the fact that, you know, for example, there's a difference between the social innovation types of businesses that you guys are supporting versus the other category, because I think you split up the 84 into 24 and then 60. Maybe you could give us some insight into some of the various programs that uh, the SAB Foundation has going on, because obviously uh, there's different types of geographies, categories, demographics, and you know people that you are looking to impact, particularly when it comes to the more rural areas. I understand that uh, there's a Rural Catalyst program? Yes. So the Rural Catalyst program, we, we do look at rural areas in our other programs. We we fund small farms, we fund little businesses in rural areas, but the Rural Catalyst Program was really an attempt to try and look at how you transform a rural rural economy. And it is through farming, but it's 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 through processing, agro-processing as well. 
So we've got involved in a, in a few of them and really it's trying to increase people's income at scale. So I will just talk quickly about the most recent one that we, that we've got involved in and that's cotton farming in Jazini. The, the farmers had, have been farming cotton for, since the 1960s, but they'd been through a drought and so many of them had stopped farming. Uh, for various reasons, not just the drought. And so we came in and we we did a few things. We uh, we purchased seeds for them. And then there was the facility that processed the cotton. And that facility was very old and it was problematic. So we also upgraded this this machinery to make sure that the that it's called a ginnery could run much faster and therefore make a profit itself because it also had been running at a loss because it wasn't getting enough cotton to process. We also worked with the management to create more efficiency in that generally. And the bottom line is that there are now from 118 farmers, there are now 2000 farmers farming cotton and the generally is functioning really well. And so it means that that whole area has income that it didn't have before. And actually, thankfully, also the cotton price is very high at the moment. So these farmers have done really well. We haven't finished up there yet. We're still working with the Department of Agriculture to try and bring in some irrigation and to fix the generally a little bit more. But that's a good example of us really looking more broadly at a rural economy. And when you see something like that, I can imagine that there's a lot of work that goes into something like that. And as uh, we are ending off the discussion then, Bridget, very keen just to follow that one up around, I guess, some of the work that's done to keep in touch with the people that have been part of the programs or also at the same time make sure that there is that continuous relationships that continuous relationship with the people that have been part of the program. So could you then talk to us around how you deal when it comes to some of the alumni type of engagements or any programs you might have on that end? Yes, thanks for that. So SAB Foundation, we've as SAB Foundation, we've always looked at, you know, how can we improve? What are the gaps we need to close to really allow entrepreneurs? I always say, to reach their potential. And that potential may be different. Some businesses might, we, we do try and recruit for uh, businesses that want to grow, but that may not always be the case. Someone might not want to grow beyond their small town. Some may have national or international aspirations. So the challenge in, in South Africa, there is a huge challenge and a gap in finance for small businesses because a lot of them don't have collateral. So they either are unable to access finance to grow the business or the finance is so expensive that it's it can actually put them out of business. We had a we had a business last year that was trying to service a loan of twenty four percent interest. Wow. So, yeah. So we and that's that's not that unusual. I mean eighteen to twenty four percent. And so what we've tried to do, we have had various alumni programs over the years. But I think we've really been leading to where we are now. And that is that we wanted to make sure that if pro, if these businesses really had the opportunity to grow significantly and create a lot of jobs, we wanted to make sure that the finance was not the problem. And so we've set up a fund. SAB Foundation has set up a fund with two partners, Lead Impact Capital and the Jobs Fund. And 
what we're doing is offering our alumni loans at affordable interest rates so that they can grow. And we, we are also, again, putting in even more mentoring, which will be very specific to the gaps in that business to make sure that they can repay the loans. So that's the most recent thing we, we've done. We launched it a month ago. We have around 85 applications for loans. And it's a two-year program, but what we're really hoping, we've put in quite a lot of grant funding. So what we're hoping is that when the entrepreneurs pay the money back, we can relend it out to other entrepreneurs. So that's the intention. And also to demonstrate that there is a way of, of lending to entrepreneurs at lower interest rates to other investors and hopefully crowd in other investment over time. So that's a big new, big new program for us. Uh, perhaps as a follow-up, Bridget, these loans uh, that you guys are going to be giving out as part of the program, from your experience and also just talking to the entrepreneurs that have been through your program, are people typically getting loans so that they can they can fund like capital investment, I want equipment, I want big purchases, that type of thing? Or is it more trade finance, I need some working capital or some money on hand whilst I'm waiting for a big retailer to pay me back after 60, 90 days. From your experience, what is the what type of need uh, do the entrepreneurs have? It's both. It's both of those things. You've hit the nail on the head because those the, the third one is asset-backed finance. But the major the the major lending is is really to, for them to be able to take advantage of a growth opportunity where there is clear demonstrated market demand or cash flow lending for them to be able to service these big contracts. Yeah, most certainly a really big issue and, uh, you know, great to see that uh, there is that initiative. I think what's interesting to me mostly is the fact that you guys are making it, trying to make it as sustainable of a fund as possible, that you you put the initial fund together and then you issue out the loans and then over time those are then paid back and then, you know, re, re-put out into the, into, into the program for other entrepreneurs down the line i think that's uh you know that's quite an interesting model and it will be great to see over time obviously it's only been a month now but over time how something like that comes together and also how it progresses especially from a measurement point of view just to see if that can become you know one of those um, models that can be taken to other parts when it comes to funding uh, small businesses yeah, absolutely. That's that's the hope and the dream. No, 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 more <laughs> certainly. Uh, hopefully that dream, uh, that aspiration is something that does come to fruition. And uh, that brings us to the end of the discussion. But before we do let you go, Bridget, for people that want to get involved, people that want to get in touch, people that want to know more information about the SAB Foundation, some of the work that you guys are doing, maybe get involved with some of the programs, whether it's applying for the programs themselves or maybe you know coming in on the funding side and actually saying guys we would want to get involved and actually help where we can how can they do that they can go to our website which is sabfoundation.co.za they want to contact us we do have a contact us section and we'd we love to hear from anyone applications are currently open for the social innovation awards and Disability Empowerment Awards, sorry, and uh, people are welcome to apply. 
All right. So you've heard it right there. You are invited uh, to apply. You can visit www.sabfoundation.co.za. So it's been a very fascinating discussion talking about what's going on out there in supporting entrepreneurs, the work of the SAB Foundation, talking about uh, the journey that they've taken over time, using you know some of the equity that they have in SAB itself as a way to bring in money and then creating a, a model where you're going Going out and supporting businesses uh, that are, you know, that are trying to solve, you know, really big issues. There's uh, social entrepreneurship that's involved there, but they also talk about social innovation because in certain cases, you know, you you hit upon something before it actually goes out into the market. So it's an innovation and it needs to be incubated or it needs that support to actually get it out into the market. Spoke quite a bit about, uh, you know, some of the various businesses businesses that are being supported along the way from uh, small bakeries uh, you know out there in uh, some of the more outlying parts of South Africa supplying the likes of spa all the way to people that are making solutions in the agricultural type of space and then ending off talking about the importance of funding and uh, particularly loans because you see entrepreneurs having to have money on hand that they can use to expand their businesses to be able to service contracts to be able to bring in equipment to be able to hire more people and all of that does need a new type of lending especially if some of the more traditional type of lending is not open to these types of businesses. So that's been it. We were in discussion with Bridget Evans, who is Executive Director over at the SAB Foundation. Bridget, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much, Modiwa. So that brings us to the end of uh, this podcast around uh, supporting entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship in uh, South Africa, particularly in a sustainable way, sponsored by uh, the SAB Foundation. I've been your host, Mudiwa Gavaza, of the Business Day and Financial Mail. Remember that you can uh, subscribe for episodes on iono.fm, Spotify, player.fm, Pocket Cast, or wherever you choose to get your podcasts.